Uh, does anybody want to offer to pray? Anyone, anyone, anyone? Sure. Go for it. Sure. Right, let's see. Uh, Lord, thank you for this food. Thank you for this day. Pray your head of protection of my first family and ourselves. Uh, pray for my wife and my son. And, uh, glad that I'm not in a worse situation than I am already. Thank you. So, I just kind of randomly flipped real quick, and I was like, hey, I like that title, so we're going to read this. <laughs> it's in Colossians 2, and it starts, go for it. I'm going to start reading, though. Well, yeah. I only get I only got a, I only got I only got 25 minutes. <laughs> so it's in Colossians 2. No, I'm not going to I'm not going to read the entire chapter but um, I thought the title was cool because this is something that a lot of us need to know about. If you're wondering where Colossians is, it's in the New Testament towards the end of the Bible. <laughs> oh man, you get the new, you get the King James over there. That'll be fun. Forth thou with knoweth. <laughs> no. <laughs> I can't stand reading out of that one. <laughs> All right, so it's Colossians 2, starting in verse 6. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy or empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to, <clears throat> and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him. I, I thought I read that wrong. And you have been filled in him, who is the head of all rule and authority. In him also you were circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, but putting off the body of flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the power, powerful working of God. <coughs> uh, where can we go? Hold on a second. Who raised him from the dead, and you were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rules and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them. Uh, let me see, do I want to keep going? Yeah, we'll just, we'll hang out here. So, the reason I picked this was because the title, like, 
the titles in the Bible, those are not originally there. So keep that in mind. But it's kind of nice that they'll, they split it up that way. So we have kind of an understanding of what that passage is going to mostly talk about. And well, I don't know what it says in the rest of the Bibles in here, but mine says it it's, talks about being alive in Christ. And that's what this whole passage mentions. It mentions all the different ways that we have been made alive in Christ. And if you're a follower of Jesus in here, you have been given this exact thing. You've been, your debt has been canceled of sin because God expects perfection. And if he doesn't get perfection, he has to then keep imperfection away from him. That's why there's, there's the separation from him in a place called hell. Okay? It's not just because he wants to punish you. It's because he has to, because he's a just God. That's what he does. He can't have unrighteousness with him. You know, he can't have a unrepentant sinner around him because of the perfection that he is. An unrighteous sinner who comes around God and doesn't repent or doesn't come to Christ and doesn't get washed by Jesus' blood, you can't be around God and not suffer some sort of consequence for your rebelling against Him, right? How many of us struggle with rebellion in some way, even if we call ourselves a follower, right? We all have those things that we struggle with, right? Everyone has something that they struggle with. Yeah, everybody's got, that, got those things that they like to go back to or those things that they, they want to do but they know they shouldn't do, but they do it anyway. As even Paul talked about that. You know, he talked about why he does the things that he doesn't want to do but does them anyway and all that other fun stuff. You know, that's the, that's the hard part about being human is that while we have Christ and we have that cancellation of the sin debt, we're still going through the process of sanctification, the process of being made alive in Christ. It's a never-ending process until you take your final breath and you're standing before Jesus. You know, but that's where repentance comes in. You know, we're supposed to be repenting constantly, daily, for the things that we know we're not supposed to do. You know, and eventually it'll start to stick and we won't do those things anymore. Sure, you might fall back here and there, but that's the part of sanctification is that it takes time. It's not always like that. Not, I mean, some people, they get that. They get that relief right away. They don't, you know, like one of my bosses, he was a meth cook and a user and he came to Christ and instantly all of that was gone. You know, but there were still other things that he struggled with, like his anger. God had to work on that still, and he had to allow God to work on that. So that's why I say everybody has something, whether it's anger, whether it's something that they do because they want to do it, you know, like drinking, drugs, pornography. It doesn't matter what it is. If it's sin, you're going to struggle. Okay? And the process of Christ making us being alive in Christ it's a tough one. Like, we can all admit that, right? As, as followers of Christ, we can admit that it's not easy. And Jesus even said it's not easy. It's actually harder to follow Christ than it is to just follow the world. The world says, do what you want. Jesus says, do what I want. You know, it's a dying to yourself. And that's not normal for us. We're selfish. 
We want to do what we want, right? Yeah, we, we, we want to live in sin, right? Sin's fun. Let's just admit it. Sin is fun, right? Being ruled over, that's not everyone's idea of fun, but it's more fulfilling. Sin is empty. Being alive in Christ is not. That's fulfilling, and it's constantly filling. It's not just one time he fills you. It's every day you get this renewing, right? The Bible says that every day is a new day. God renews the day every day. I mean, think about it. When you sleep, your brain actually does a, a dump of your memories into a different part of your, of your system. You know, so you can have those memories for later. Just like dreams, right? Some dreams are just so real, right? Right? Well, that's because it's something that you may have actually experienced that day and you may not just remember it. But now you're like, whoa, like deja vu. You, any of you guys ever had a dream and then the next day it's happening? Yes. Right? Creepy. It's weird, but it's because you've actually already experienced that type of thing once before. You just didn't remember it. And, well, and that could be also. I mean, that is very true. It could be that the Spirit is prompting you for something that's going to happen. It does happen. I mean, it happens all the time. You know? So, you know, and, and it's that working of the Spirit that we all need. You know, again, it's the, the dying to yourself and allowing the Spirit to do His work. Like, what is the Holy Spirit called by Jesus? Counselor. Helper. You know, He says, I will send the Helper who will teach you and make known to you all things that I have already taught you. That's how the disciples could write the books of the Bible. Because the Holy Spirit was reminding them of everything that Jesus had taught them. That's why the accuracy of the Gospels and of the epistles of Paul are so dead on when you compare them to history. It's because the Holy Spirit orchestrates it all. He's the one who's actually penning it through people. People that were just like us. You know, at one point, the disciples are standing in front of the, the, the temple courts and they're being tried for healing somebody on the Sabbath saying, no, you can't do that. It's the Sabbath. Well, Jesus changed the Sabbath. You know, it's no longer just one day of the week. It's any day you can find to rest and focus on Him, which obviously is every day. Right? We don't have to do it just one day. We can every day focus on the Spirit that's been placed within us. So they're standing in front of this, this court and they're exhorting them for healing somebody on the Sabbath. Well, and then they go into this, just by boldness of the Spirit, they go into this teaching about Jesus and who Jesus is, the fact that they crucified Him, that He paid the debt for their sins, just like this is saying, that He rose again, was on earth for 40 days after the fact, over 500 people saw Him in the flesh, and then He raised into heaven. And we're still awaiting His return. And man, I'm telling you, I can't wait for that day. I really hope I'm still alive and I actually get to watch as Jesus returns. You know, but they're, they're, they're standing there and they're giving this, this message. And the council's like, we don't know what to do with these guys. 
They're un one second. They're uneducated men. They were fishermen. They weren't trained in religious studies. They didn't go to seminary. They didn't get a master's in divinity. They hung out with Jesus. That's what they surmise. Is they're like, these guys hung out with Jesus. We can't, we can't do anything to them because how do we refute something that they were there for? You know? And that's only by the Spirit's work. The Spirit doing their, His work through these guys in boldness, giving them the boldness. How many of us realize that we can have that boldness? That we, can ha that, we have that power in us? It shows a lot of growth in you. It does. I mean... The number of times Jesus had to take off before they would stone him, you know what I mean? I, I would think that if Jesus came back, the, the crazy people in this world would have killed him, so we wouldn't even hear about it, you know, if he came back. Well, that's the thing. It says they're going to try. Yeah. They're going to try to stop him as he's ascending. But he was nervous about, you know, getting stoned early, you know. I don't know about nervous. Well, he, he, he escaped. You he know, knew. The number of times he saw them get, you know. Well, yeah, he knew. Together, he said, let's go. And they yeah, went to the next town. but that's just it. I don't know if that's necessarily nervousness. I think that's just him knowing. Like, they're going to try to, try to, they're going to try to kill me. Yes. And it's not the right time. Right. So, in other words, if, some, if he had come back in 1700, uh, would the kings and queens say, oh, great, Jesus has come back? Or would they say, we don't want another authority here and kill <laughs> They would try. I don't think they could. Yeah. How about they cut out his tongue? I doubt that. <clears throat> Highly doubt that. I mean, let's think about it. Jesus yeah. is going to come back as the conquering king, as a warrior. Okay. A sharp, double-edged sword comes out of his mouth, and he treads the winepress of the wrath of God? And his robe is dipped in blood? Jesus is going to trample some people when he returns. They're going to try to come against him. And you know what happens when they try? Fire from heaven comes down and consumes them. Oh, it's not a hope so. It's a what's going to happen. It says it right in Revelation. Jesus tells them what's going to happen. Why do you think Satan tries so hard to win you guys on his behalf? To get you away from God. Because he knows his end. His end is the lake of fire where he'll be tormented day and night forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Right? That's his end. Of course he's going to try real hard. He doesn't want to be alone when he's there. He wants as many people to be there with him being tormented. You know, but God wants you even more. And he showed it through Christ. Coming in the form of a man, fully God, fully man, living perfect life and dying for the sins of the world. Right? It says here, nailed our sins to the cross. You couldn't hold a perfect man in the grave. He literally burst out of it. Didn't just nicely roll the stone away. He burst out of it. The stone was like 10 feet away from... Yeah, the, the stone was like 20 feet away from where Jesus' tomb actually was. You know, because he burst through it. When you think of Jesus in that way, think of Jesus as this conquering king, this warrior, gives you this amazing perspective of who your Savior is. Jesus is your Lord. He's your Savior. He's the Messiah of the world. 
And we have him in us if we are following him. And that's how we can be alive. If you're not with Christ, you're just a dead man walking. Right? The Bible says you're dead. You're dead in your sins and trespasses. But Christ has made us alive. No longer condemned. Unless, of course, you know, you walk away from him, which is possible. You know, that's the beauty of free choice. Wouldn't be loving if we didn't have a choice, right? Wouldn't be a loving. Right? They had a choice. That's why the whole thing was that a plant give man a choice. Yeah. If we didn't have a choice, we wouldn't be in love. I don't know if you've ever thought of that. <laughs> right? I mean, how, how can you have a loving God if he's forcing you to follow him? You can't. Right? But that's what Satan tries to do. He tries to force you to follow him. Follow his way which is doing what you want. And we don't want that, right? I mean, some of us might, but I think I can see in all your faces that that's not what you want. You know, so, I mean, the real question is, how many of you in here are truly dying to yourself and letting the Holy Spirit reign and following Christ? And how many of you are just giving lip service? And you don't have to answer out loud. I'm not, I'm not making you do that. <laughs> hey, you know, now for those guys in your mind, you're going, I don't know. I don't think I'm truly following Christ. If you're thinking in your head, man, am I truly following Christ? The next question you need to ask yourself is, well, what's stopping me? Are you ready to give yourself over to Christ? I mean, there's no special prayer that doesn't exist all you have to do is place your faith in Him. Claim Him as Lord over your life and let Him rule. Make Him Lord. That's what you got to do. And then repent. And do it daily. Let the Spirit do His work in you. It's hard. It's going to be hard. People will not... Start off every morning with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and people will not understand what you've done. People who don't follow won't understand, but they'll start to see a change, and that's part of your testimony. They'll see that change, and that's the change we all want. You'll get this boldness in you. Some people, the very minute they give their life over to Christ and they start following Him, the very first thing they want to do is run out and tell the world. And I am down with that. Just make sure you know what you're talking about. I mean, because you could... You could end up like other religions who think they're following Christ, but they're not. They have a different version of Jesus. Now, if you want the true version of Jesus, you got him right here. This book is written by God through men. Hey, Jeff, back up when you said the book that Thomas didn't write a book, what about the Apocrypha? Well, he did write a book. I would be very careful when it comes to the Apocrypha. Okay? Because those, those, those books were left out for a reason. Because they didn't line up with, with things that had already been written. And so when the... Uh, what was the first council? Was that Nicaea or Laodicea? That's where they put the Bible together. And they left out the, those books. 
because they came later. So they weren't there to be put in. And the, 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 the latest written book is Revelation. It was penned between 70 AD and 90 AD, somewhere in there. So that's the, anything that came after that and things were canonized, more than likely, probably don't line up. They have some sort of extra biblical kind of thing in it. That's why with the Catholic Church, you, have, you can pay to get somebody out of purgatory. It's a scam to get money. That sounds more like idle time. It is. Yeah. They used to have a turnstile right where you college. They had a Catholic church had a turnstile. You had to put a quarter in. Send Monday through Saturday. You were Saturday. Go again Monday. Yeah, but the Bible doesn't doesn't teach that. I know. The apocryphic books do. They also preach praying to the dead. So, but like I said, guys, if no. If you guys want to go from death to life, make that choice. If you've made that choice in your mind, let me know. That way, I can follow up with you. We can talk more if you want to. Obviously, I'm here every day. I'm not here tomorrow. I'm going to be in Nampa. <laughs> but, you know, we're here for you guys. Us staff, even kitchen staff, we're here for you guys. We're not here because we make exuberant amounts of money. We're here because we care. We're here because we want to see you come to Jesus. That is first and foremost the most important thing. And we want to see you move on from here. You're all better than this place. You're meant for bigger things. So let's live in that. Let's live in Christ. Let's let the Spirit take control. If you want to do that, do that. You know, do it in your own heart. Give yourself to Jesus. Don't you think there's a warm feeling comes over you when, when the Holy Spirit wants you to feel, feel him inside? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you yeah. can feel it. You can't feel it. You can feel it, but I think there's also there's other ways of telling. Like, when you sin, you'll feel conviction, or you'll feel a, a guilt afterwards when you've done it, when you sin. And I think if you don't feel that guilt, you're probably not following Christ. Marianne Williamson, who's a spiritualist Christian, she says sin is an archery term meaning missing the mark. And everything in the material world, if you think about it, it's not just the, the, the classic sinning of drinking and whoring or whatever, but everything that people do is taking you away from the spiritual life that Jesus was teaching. Everything about the material world is, is taking you away from spirit, spiritual life. So it's all sinful if you think about that. Well, I mean, this is material. Is this sinful? I'm sorry? I would, I would have a hard time with that one because if everything material is sinful, then... Well, it's not spiritual. It's by definition not spiritual. Well, still, but that's what I'm saying. If you, if you use the blanket term material world, well, this book is material, therefore it would be sinful even... But it's well, the holy word of God. The, the, the printing of it and the book and all the pages are all material, but the spirit inside is not. Well, I understand. I get what you're saying, yeah. but at the same time, that's what I mean. If you use a blanket term, it gets very construed, and you kind of make it whatever you want it to be. You know. Are you over in the office? I'm in the other office, closer to B-Dorm. 
okay. Under the stairs. Okay. <laughs> we can find you. Oh yeah, you can find me. Okay. I mean, I gotta do the security and stuff in here, but okay. yeah, I mean, I'm here till 11. Okay. No, I'm not afraid to let you guys come talk to me. I, mean, I don't know everything, you know. I know what I read, right. and that's all I need to know. I don't need to know all the extra stuff. Right. I don't need to know what the Greek and the Hebrew. If I want to know what a word means, I can do a word study if I want to. Right. But I do not need to be a scholar in Hebrew and Greek to understand the Bible. The Bible interprets the Bible. Plain and simple. So, like I said, guys, let's live out. Let's live out our lives in the Holy Spirit. And let's move on from, from a life of crap and giving ourselves over to things that don't matter. All right. Let's pray that way. I can't believe I actually went over. I never do that. So you guys are going to be the first in line. I'm not letting anybody in until you're all in line. All right. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this time. Lord, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for everything that you said through the power of the Spirit tonight. Lord, we just pray that you would be with each and every man in this room, Lord, that you would speak into their heart, Lord, reveal sin to them, reveal things that they need to give over to you. Lord, if there's any man that has given themselves to you tonight, Lord, Lord, would you give them strength? Would you give them guidance and wisdom? Lord, we pray for this meal that we're going to have. And Lord, we just thank you so much for it as it was graciously donated through your followers. So Lord, we praise you and it's in your name. Amen. Amen.